And welcome back to the Delaware Boys Nights Football Podcast. Ryan, say what's up to the people, baby. What's going on, folks? Glad to be back on the podcast. Uh, a little over a week last time you saw us, but uh, glad to be back on. Well, I can know. Um, we're running a little bit behind all, on uh, our season work. We might have waited a little bit too long, but three weeks away from the kickoff, start of the kickoff, we are starting to review divisions. Um, don't know if we're going to get through all of them before the season starts. We're going to do our best. We but are tonight, gonna, we are starting them. with the AFC East. We're going to get them done, baby. No question about it. Let's go. Um, <laughs> first off, you know, it's been a week since I've been here with you. What's new with you, man? How's your day? You know, how's your how's your week been? I know you guys have been busy over there on your part, preparing for a wedding and all that. Always busy, dude. The wedding thing, once you think it stops, it just kicks back up again. <laughs> so it is continuously ongoing. Um, planning a vacation here in the next couple weeks to New York just to get away from the job for a little bit. And uh, that's about it for us. Anything you got going on over there? Hey, man, I had a hell of a day. Got my hair cut, fresh haircut, and my grass is my grass is cut, boy. You know what I'm saying? Hey, I clean I cut grass yesterday, man. <laughs> nice, dude. <clears throat> no, nah, it was a good day. Um AFC East preview. Oh man, I can't wait for this one. This is a uh, this is like the gauntlet. This division is gonna be crazy. Brutal. It's gonna be absolutely brutal. Um, so the way we we haven't done this for anybody for yards per. Um, and I don't believe we've done this for RPO. So the way we do this, um, we look at it from a from a, a redraft and a dynasty standpoint, like who we want um, positional-wise. We'll go through the positions here, talk about players you want to own in this division, talk about players you don't want to own. Um, and then finally, we give you our division winners. Yep. And we buy it, we peg it, and that's it. It's going to go on our banner, and we're going to list our division winners throughout here. And then every week when we get on, we're going to make our picks weekly. And we're going yep. to keep our pick counter, and we're going to keep our overall record for the year. Last year, Ryan came in at an 84% win rate, number one number one out of me and him, and I came in at a 79% win rate. So if you're betting on anybody, follow Ryan's bet. That's a, that's, that's a little bit off. We uh, we were finalized. I was at 161, 93, and 2. So I don't think that's quite that high, but. We, I, I, I did, I did, I did pretty good. I think I was at sixty-one percent somewhere around there. You higher than you were, that. You were like fifty-eight somewhere around there. But we had a pretty good year last year. Um, I'm excited to do that now that we have a platform with yards per and RPO. Um, yeah. And if you don't believe us, we have a Twitter that logged everything. We have podcasts to back it up. Uh, I'm excited to do it again. We did. We we had a lot of fun with it last year. Yeah, let's uh, let's jump into it, man. I got a couple quotes too. Um, when we jump into the teams, uh, I got a couple of buddies here that are big AFC East fans. My buddy Jared is a huge, huge Jets fan. He's so excited for the twenty twenty three season. So I got a quote from him. Then I have another buddy, Marshall, who is also a, a huge Dolphins <laughs> fan. So I'm ready to see. Uh, I'm ready to read Marshall. these quotes. Yeah, I'm ready to read these quotes. Um, but let's jump into it, baby. AFC East. <clears throat> I'll start with the Bills. Let's go down from perspective. Let's break it down. Let's talk about the let's talk about the AFC East divisional winner. Last three divisional winners, obviously, is the Bills. Uh, where do you want to start here? I mean, I think I think you have to start with obviously the the cream of the crop when it comes to the Buffalo Bills. That being Josh Allen. Yeah, of course. I mean, is, do we have anything to worry about at all with Josh Allen? I mean, what QB one, two of the last three years? What he was two last year, three? QB one. Three years ago, QB one. Two years ago, QB two. Last year, uh, and remember, he did play with a sprained UCL. Thought he would have to get surgery. Didn't. I would say it negatively impacted his performance a little bit. Uh, the only thing I can talk about Josh Allen is was a career high in turnovers last year, especially in the red zone. Um, obviously, that's not something you want to see from a real life perspective, fantasy perspective. It didn't. It obviously didn't. You know, yeah. it didn't hurt him a whole lot, but. That's just something that I want to point out about Josh Allen. Turnovers were a career high last year. Um, but same time, he ran for 700 yards again. Yeah, and that's what I want to touch on, too. That's the only thing that I'm kind of worried about going on this season. There's a little bit of talks right after the last season ended that coming into next season, they're going to have him running a little bit less. We'll see if that comes to fruition. Um, but I understand wanting to protect your franchise quarterback if they decide to go down that route. But I don't think it's slowing down. I mean, he's just – he's too big. He's got the ability to get those, pick up those 
hard first downs with his legs. I mean, dude's massive. What, like six five? He's he's a tank. Six five two fifty. Yeah, he's a, he's a tank out there in the field. So I know the Bills, like the the office, kind of wants to see him run a little bit less. I don't think it's gonna happen though. Um, yeah, that's the only negative thing I have to say about him at all, bro. Let's just throw this crazy number out there to you. If you had to give an over under, how many how many weeks last year was Josh Allen QB one? Was a QB one played as a QB one out of out of seventeen games? I'm gonna go six games. Six, six. Try thirteen. <laughs> last year, last year he was a QB one. Was a was a QB one top ten QB. Not oh, QB. okay. I'm a, I I heard the question. I thought you meant like QB one overall. Okay. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, okay, no, okay. No, no, no. no, that makes sense then. Okay. All thirteen right. of thirteen of seventeen games. He was a QB one. This phenomenal, phenomenal track record. Um, <clears throat> Josh Allen is who he is. It, it doesn't matter. It the thing the thing that scares me about the Buffalo Bills. Let's be honest here. Um, but I do. I will say this. I like the addition of Damian Harris. I think that's a huge pickup. A nice north south grinding running back. We'll talk um, about him later. Yeah. So oh, yeah. you know what I mean. So it, that mix with James Cook. The only thing about it is, is I want to say James Cook only had what like. 30 catches last year? Granted, yeah, he, wasn't, he, he, didn't, a whole he didn't see a lot of usage, to be honest with you. Right. So we went to see, like, what he's fully capable of. But, yeah, around, what, 30, 30 catches, like 43 targets, somewhere in those numbers? I'll give you the exact number. Sorry, it was 32 targets, 21 catches. Okay. Oh, we're, we're, I, apologize. I apologize. Number was a little off. But I do want to say the thing that a lot of people are, have James Cook pegged as a breakout, right? But James Cook's never seen 150 carries or more in his collegiate, all the way to his NFL career. Yeah. To me, he doesn't. To me, he doesn't stand out as that workhorse running back role. Absolutely not. No. And Josh Allen's never been one to be a huge checkdown guy. Last year, Devin Singletary had the most catches of his career, and it was only it was only uh, I don't want to lie on the number, but I believe it was less than 50. So let's chalk it up to what you want. Right. Where where do you have James Cook ranked? Is he a running back two for you, running back three flex kind of mix? Definitely for me, definitely a flex. I don't I don't want him anywhere near my RB two spot. Um I'm not a big believer. You do touched on a lot of things, but just the fact that like I don't think he's ever really been used as a workhorse back. I don't know how long the Cook name can carry him in the NFL. Um I don't want to say that that's the sole reason why he's in the league, but I mean it has something to do with the fancy relevance. It's He's pegged this breakout guy, and some people were drafting as high as RB2 on their dynasty rosters and startups and feeling comfortable about it. I do not feel that way. I think Damian Harris here is here to take away a lot of those goal line touchdowns that he might see when Josh Allen is not rushing the ball in the red zone. Uh, bringing in a power back with James Cook, I think all you really need to hear, at least as far as they believe him in the red zone, is Stuff like that. I don't know. I just we'll see how it goes. I mean, to be honest though, like I know his volume is low, but he does have elite peripherals when it comes to yards per you know yards per carry, the amount of broken tackles that he forces, things like that. It it is it does stand out. I mean, it really does stand out. But like I said, limited limited volume. What does James Cook look like with 175 carries as opposed to 110? You know what I mean? Like, let's break it down here. I don't know if a I don't know if he can hold up, can withstand to a full full running back workload. To be honest, yeah. Um, I have well, him in the running back three territory. I do yeah. have him as a top twenty five running back in dynasty. Um, I'm I'm very curious about James Cook. I would buy at the right price. I'm very curious with his peripherals and how things stand out and his his overall, um, <clears throat> his overall. Uh, Production here, you know, could be a valuable asset later later in drafts and, like, you know, as the right price. But I'm not going to sit here and beat around the bush. Zamir White was better at Georgia than James Cook. <laughs> it's true. It's not beating around the bush here. Now, I don't want to completely take away James Cook. I don't want to walk these people to, like, walk away and be afraid to own him. He does have upside. I mean, in this offense, he will 100% be the pass-catching back. Damian Harris has never profiled as that guy. So, for what – 
Allen decides he is going to jump off, Cook will be getting those reps. Um, he'll definitely get more than, what, 21 catches? He'll definitely get more than that this year. Yeah, They'll feature, they'll feature him. I kind of have him sit in, like, the same range, maybe, like, Rashad White-type situation. Even though Rashad yeah, White is going to have – I actually have Rashad White ahead of James Cook. I mean, yeah, same. But, I mean, that's kind of, like, ceiling we're looking at. Okay, so would you rather own Monty or would you rather own James Cook? <laughs> I honestly, from a redraft standpoint, I would probably rather own Monty. But from a dynasty, since we cover mostly dynasty, I'd probably go James Cook. Fair enough. So keep this rocking. Number one target, Stefan Diggs. Ever since Stephon he's come Diggs. to Buffalo, ever since he's come to Buffalo, he's been a wide receiver one. Trade Jefferson. For Stefan Diggs straight up. It was a great, you know, it was a great trade for both. Buffalo has been on a been on a winning streak for the last, you know, what, three years since he's been in Buffalo going into year four. Jefferson's the best wide receiver in football. Anyway, what Buffalo are your expectations? Got, Buffalo still got fleeced, but I still love me some Stefan Diggs. <laughs> what are your expectations for, for Stefan Diggs going into 2023? I mean, I still expect him to be that guy. He'll probably still still see 130, 140 targets, no problem in this offense. Um, you did see a little bit of a fall off last year towards the end of the season, but I think that has more so to do with Allen's injury than it does with Diggs' skills. Um, so I think you will see him jump right back. Now, how much time he has left to be this prolific wide receiver one? Maybe one or two more. Um, but yeah, I mean, just given like outside of Stefan Diggs, who do they really have as weapons? They Bring in Dalton Kincaid, who's like this prolific tight end, but we don't really know how that's going to translate. And then Gabe Davis, who I've always felt like, eh. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, So, like, when you look at this offense, outside of Stephon Diggs, who has a top eight wide receiver ADP, you're now diving deep into the, the wide receiver, too. You have Gabe Davis with a wide receiver 40 ADP. I mean, Isaiah McKenzie's wide receiver, 65. And then you have a guy who I was excited to see play, but has only taken two snaps with the first-team offense in preseason to this point, Khalil, Khalil Shakir, not playing at all. Right. To be honest with you, it, you bring in this guy in the first round in Dalton Kincaid, who profiles as a prolific receiving tight end. Prolific. His peripherals, they're off the charts. He's an off-the-charts type of talent. Is there is there a real possibility that Dalton Kincaid can step in right away and see eighty targets? It depends where they line him up. You still got to understand Dawson Knox is still there at tight end. Um, I don't know how many tight end like two tight end sets they're going to run unless they kind of run Kincaid on like maybe like the slot a few plays here and there. Uh, but I guess eighty targets not unachievable for him it's just every rookie year for tight ends is always weird i mean it's hard to see a thousand uh cal pitts did it but i mean he was cal pitts as a prospect was blowing me away way more than kincaid was as a prospect this year so the thousand yards i don't see you can get around 80 catches in this i don't even have to i don't i'm not even looking for a thousand yards i'm just saying 80 targets 80, oh, 80 targets. Yeah, sure. My bad. I thought you said catches. Yeah, 80 targets no, is definitely worth in this offense. Yeah, for sure. Now, like I said, I'm only saying because Dalton, or Dawson Knox is a red zone threat. Let's chalk yeah. that to what it is. He's a red zone guy. He mm-hmm. lives He lives in the 20 and in. That's what he is. Like I said, there's no other great pass-catching wide receiver on this mm-hmm. roster. People are yeah. going to try and sell you the Gabe Davis hype story again. He was going in the top 25 wide receivers last year. Failed. If y'all so, weren't here, massive. we were we were bashing him last year, and we're going to continue to do it this year. Massively, massively, Something. yeah, massive did not live up to the hype. It was bad. So now we're now we're looking at as a wide receiver forty. That's that's a discount. It is a discount compared to what we paid last year. Absolutely. But other than honestly, other than Stefan Diggs, there's no pass catcher on this team. I feel completely comfortable in owning. Absolutely, and that's the, that's the, that's why I believe Diggs will end up being still that wide receiver one that you want on your roster, right? And if the Patriots weren't in this division, this might be the weakest wide receiver room in the division. 
<laughs> so by I mean, process of elimination, yeah. <laughs> right. So I mean that's it. I mean that that's about that's what covers me. You know, if it's Josh Allen and it's Stefan Diggs and a and a dart throw on Dalton Kincaid, you know what I mean? Yeah. But you have Damian Harris as a as a as a zero running back strategy that you really like. Well, yeah, and I kind of touched on it earlier. I think he'll be the red zone guy. I think – I mean, we've already had a scene get into double digits with the Patriots. Um, I think he can get it done again this year, to be honest with you, depending on what Josh Allen rushes in the red zone. I mean, I know he's a bit, Josh Allen's a big threat. He can take away those touchdowns from Harris, but they said they kind of want to work them as like a split load in a, a couple of places here and there. I kind of expect it to be that. Um, if right. I'm going to – like. At price, I would rather have uh, Harris than James Cook. I think they're like what three, four rounds apart. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that sounds about right. But um, all right. Let's jump into the most exciting team that's getting a lot of hype. Obviously, they're on hard knocks this year. A. <laughs> a. Ron and the Jets. Uh, before <clears throat> before we start talking, I did ask Jared today. I said, can you give me a quote to describe your excitement as a Jets fan for the 2023 season? Jared says, and I quote, my excitement is through the roof. The Jets have never had a quarterback of this caliber in my life. It's time to change the narrative and put us back on the map. At the end, J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. <laughs> hey, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm excited for Jared. I'm very excited. Um, this team – Overall, as a NFL roster, is a very, very good team. Very good team. Um, the only negative I have when it comes to the Jets, this Jets team, is this offensive line is not that great. No. Yeah. That's it. Kind of took the words out of my mouth on that one. I was going to lead with that, but that's hey. it. <laughs> And the thing that scares me about it is Rodgers at 40 does not move the way Rodgers did 10 years ago. It's just not the same. Um, But other than that, I mean, the way you win football games, elite defense and the ability to chew and control the clock with an elite run game. I mean, when you look at this defense, this defense on the Jets side of the ball is young and they fly around the football. I love this Jets defense. They are they are nasty. Yeah. I don't want to spend too much time talking about Jets defense as far no. as like a fancy podcast goes, but I will say with that unit and having one of the better defensive minded coaches in the league and Robert Silo, I think he controls the defensive side and Aaron Rodgers can kind of chew away at the offensive side. I mean, that's not how it's really gonna be, but you know what I mean? It's it's good to have that that quarterback. Brandon Aaron Rodgers is so so huge for this team. It's such a big difference maker. Took a little bit to get him there, but they damn sure did it. Yep. And the thing was, is like he he really proved he wanted to be there. I mean, he took a thirty five million dollar pay cut off his off his contract. It's huge. Yeah. Brought in additional pieces that he wanted around him. Um, <clears throat> Brees Hall not one hundred percent healthy. Obviously, towards ACL week seven, he is activated from the pup. But they do bring in Dalvin Cook on a on a pretty significant deal. It was eight point six million. So I do expect mm-hmm. Dalvin Cook to have a huge sizable role in 2023, but I expect Brees to be back towards like week eight in that range here, ready to rock. Um, what? So are you avoiding this backfield completely in 2023? Um, so that's a bad part is me and you both in the Warrior Bowl and in the <laughs> Scott Fish Bowl, I think we both have Brees rostered, so it hurts. Um, now I don't um, have Brees rostered, not in the Scott Fish. You're right. You're right. My bad. That's just me. Yeah, Sorry, I'm projecting. But but yeah, no. Nah, um, if I would have known that when I was drafting Brees Hall in the second round last in Scott Fish, or excuse me, third round Scott Fish, probably wouldn't have done it. Um, it scares me. The fact that they're bringing in Dalvin Cook uh, shows me that Brees isn't as ready as they may be thinking. And on top of that, even when he comes back, it's like, are they going to split it? Is, like, Dalvin Cook going to take the less when Brees Hall is back? Like, say what you want about Dalvin Cook. He's getting older, blah, blah, blah. He still looked good last year. Um, 
I'm kind of avoiding it now, especially these redrafts that I've been doing recently. I don't want to touch it. It scares the shit out of me. I mean, I, I personally agree. In Dynasty, you have to hold Brees Hall willingly, like stronghold. Like it's, it is what it is. He's 22 years old, guys. Like you have, you have seven games in the NFL under his belt. Like relax. Yeah. This is just a move. This is a championship roster move. This is mm-hmm. what you, this is, this is necessary for championship teams. Brees wasn't going to be 100%. We never expected Brees to be 100%. So please remember that. In the second half of the year, if you see Brees Hall, go off for the 17 points per game he scored last year or more. Don't be, you know I me, mean? don't be surprised. This is Brees Hall. This is like a generational type, you know, talent when he comes out of, when he came out of uh, Iowa state. So please just be patient with him in dynasty redraft. Avoid it. Avoid right. it completely because yeah. his ADP is not going to fall off enough to where you're going to feel comfortable owning Brees Hall yeah. or Dalvin cook. Now the first seven weeks, Dalvin cook could be a fucking league winner. <laughs> But, hey, that's not going to win you championships, though, which you really need seven, to on the back end. But if you're – if you okay, so a lot of people have been kind of drafting him as this RB1 in Dynasty. If you own him as a Dynasty manager, what's your panic level for, like, this year alone? Are we at, like, threat level midnight? Brees Hall? Yeah, Brees Hall. Yeah. You're talking about just my Dynasty rosters. Yeah. I mean, I don't have him rostered, so I can't really speak. I mean, I wish I did have him rostered, but I don't. Where is Zero. zero. Not worried about it. Okay. No, it's Brees. I was just curious. That's not like one a shot deal. at anybody. I'm just like trying no. to get a gauge here. No, not at all. Brees Hall is still a top three dynasty running back. No question. Gotcha. He's got, he's got seven games under his belt. Let's relax. Let's relax. Read all right, now we kind of covered we covered the running backs. I'll just get into the wide receivers. Garrett Wilson has been absolutely flying up boards. Um, with Aaron Rodgers, do you see him finishing as a top ten wide receiver this year? Um, no question. Nope. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Dude, I mean, like, if you look at, like, if you look at who's on this roster, Lazard, Corey Davis, Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, is, like, we're talking about a Randall Cobb. We're not talking about 2014 Randall Cobb. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> we're talking about. True. We're talking about a guy who's in his mid-30s now who's just there to be a veteran leader, veteran piece. Uh, Lazard's going to be an outside option. <sighs> Lazard and Corey Davis are the same type of receiver. <laughs> you know what I mean? But Corey Davis was a top five overall pick. Like, I don't know what you want from me. They talked about cutting Corey Davis. I don't know. Um, when Rodgers finds a guy and he loves that guy, he locks in. That's his guy. Garrett Wilson saw 147 targets from one of the worst QB rooms in football last year. Yep. Okay. Now, pace of play is going to determine this. Robert Sala and his play calling is going to be a huge. It's going to be a huge deterrent or a huge positive when it comes to Garrett Wilson's usage. If Garrett Wilson sees 160 targets from Aaron Rodgers, sign me up. Sign me up. <laughs> I mean, if you can promise me 160 targets to any receiver, sign me up. <laughs> I mean, we've seen him and Devontae click like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. The yeah. thing is, is, like, it took Devontae a couple years to get rolling before he saw his first 1,000-yard season in the NFL. Not that guy. Not number <laughs> 17. Not number 17 in New York. Not that guy. <laughs> all right, Garrett Wilson. 17, too. So, all he, all he has to do is keep looking for 17. That's what I'm saying. Garrett, <laughs> Garrett Wilson is just one of those, like, generational type receivers like you can see it in his in his gameplay you can see it in his footwork you can see it in his speed off the line of scrimmage you can see how he plays versus man plays versus the zone he's comfortable in all areas of the field he's just one of those guys that you're like that's my guy Give me that he's guy. one of those guys so if you're he's his, in dynasty he's already he's already priced behind aj brown at wide receiver five some people have him ahead of aj brown yeah i don't I, I personally don't, but he don't I think rightfully so, rightfully so he deserves to be priced where he's at. He's gonna be one of those he's gonna be one of those guys you get, and he's a league winner. That's what kind of player Garrett Wilson is. I'm for it. Yeah. Um, here's here's like here's my you kind of touched on it yourself. Here's my whole thing with it is like 
They signed Alvin Cook. They know Brees is coming back. We talk about like this great defense. All they're going to really have to do is just take care of the football. Um, you don't think like the threat of them just rushing the ball down people's throats is going to deter, like not allow Garrett Wilson to get to that 160 number? It ends up in like 140, 150 range. Like, I'm not saying that's bad, but like he had 147 last year and he had over 1,100 yards. True. Let's be honest here. <laughs> and the QB between the QB play between Zach Wilson, Mike White, and Joe Flacco. Like a lot, a lot you know, I mean, we're, ten times better. We're 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 head and shoulders above it, but we're talking about the we're talking about Hall of Famer to first Mike ballot White, to Mike, yeah, first ballot to Mike White. We're we're off a lot. Mike Mike White was first ballot for one game though. <laughs> Joe Flacco did throw the ball fifty nine times in a Jets game last year. <laughs> a, a couple of times, don't so, hey, a, a couple of times. <laughs> so what? I mean. I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, if you if you see Aaron Rodgers only throw the ball 30 times this year, 35, you know, there's going to be game. There's obviously games where he's going to go into shootouts. Bill's game is going to be one of them. Oh, yeah. I mean, in his own division. Yeah. Right. This The Jet, the uh, the Dolphins game is going to be another one. There's a lot of high-scoring games that are setting up in, this, in the AFC. You don't play anybody in the AFC. Most teams in the AFC have top 10 offenses. This AFC is loaded. Really? AFC is loaded loaded so i think rogers gonna throw the ball i think i think you'll see rogers throw the ball 500 plus times yeah i don't doubt it i mean they got a big win for a reason right um yeah it's not me i'm on garrett wilson hype train as well um i own none of them no i own him one on one team and i've been trying to buy him in others but no <laughs> not possible you haven't, you haven't tried to get him for me at that's about the dumbest thing I can do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I do want to have a conversation with you once we're done talking about all the teams here. But um, let's get into Marshall's quote here. Marshall has a Marshall has a very strong stance, which I actually do not hate it. Oh, God. I know you, Marshall, you are with the Dolphins. Here we go. Marshall says, and I quote, Tua's O-line protection will determine whether or not the Dolphins succeed and if his day's days training in the dojo really will benefit him when taking hits. If he stays healthy, don't be surprised to hear Tua's name for MVP contention. We're already injury-stricken this offseason, so that will keep happening throughout the season, though. Let's just see how this all plays out. But let's be honest. Tua comes in last year as QB8 in fantasy points per game. Over 18.5 points per game scored. The biggest question mark is the 17 games played. There's no question that this dude can play. No question. Wrong he, had me the first, he, he had me in the first half, I'm not going to lie. I, hey, he, I was mean, saying, he was saying all the right things until I heard MVP. There are about five, six candidates – I wouldn't even question before but it I comes got to down, it name. comes down to this. It comes down to this. A great play caller. Mike McDaniel has a is a great play caller. Agreed. He has a top three. And it I don't care if you pick Chase Higgins, AJ Devontae, or this this uh duo right here. Waddle and Tyreek are the most explosive one two in the NFL. No question. Look at Tua's deep ball accuracy last year. Look at his yards per attempt last year. It was in the highest in the NFL. 25 to 8 touchdown interception ratio with 13 games played. Tua, look at his receiver production. Look at Waddle's production. Look at the drastic fall off when he's not playing. Look at Tyreek and when and when Tua's not playing with Tyreek. The numbers stand out. Tua is a difference maker on this Dolphins team. And Tua is the engine that makes it go. Tua played at an elite level last year. No question. Yeah, I mean, I got – listen, I rostered him on a few leagues last year, and when he was on the field, he is great. But I've been saying this all offseason. I'm going to continue to say it. I think he's like one or two bad concussions away from not picking up a football ever again. I mean, you saw what happened to him last year. He had two severe, really bad concussions. Right. Um, 
And you want you kind of wonder like how long does that go on for? I mean, I guess you don't have to worry about this season in particular. But from a dynasty, dynasty standpoint, I don't know, man. That just scares the shit. But my out of question me. to you is, and my my question to you is, is this? Me and you aren't medical professionals by any means, so no. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pretend to be. But the way the Dolphins' training staff handled his concussion issues last year was a serious problem. Not good. There's yeah. no way after the Cincinnati game should he have been on, been on the field the next week. Not even close. So why so why are we blaming Tua to to this fullest extent? You know what I mean? I mean, it's not really Tua. Concussions are just a product of playing football. Right. I'm not That's saying, what I'm like, saying. But if you're but if you're being mishandled by your medical staff as well, that has to go into it as well. Correct. True. But what's stopping Tua from going out there and saying, "Hey, like I feel like maybe I shouldn't like maybe I don't want to play this game." I don't know. Maybe my head feels like jello. I'm scrambled. Can't see anything straight. You know what I mean? I'm seeing three receivers when I'm throwing the ball to one guy. I don't know. Something. That's what I'm saying. Like, what? Like what's stopping? I mean, it goes both ways because I feel like there's definitely a world in which he can say, hey, staff, like, I'm not, I'm not ready to be back right. out there again. But I will tell you this. In his QB ADP for Dynasty and Redraft, he's a buy. Across the board, he's a buy. Redraft going as QB 12, Dynasty QB 14. Absolute buy. I'll buy that. Yeah, that's not bad. I actually don't really mind the ADP. I mean, like you said, he was, what, at number eight? I kind of expect that to fall, but he'll definitely be above the 12-14 range. 18 and a half fantasy points per game last year. Yeah, that's, that's more than T More than T Law. I do expect that to change. <laughs> hey, more than T Law last year. Yeah. Um, so this team obviously led by a three headed monster. I'll let you talk about Tyreek. I'm going to talk about Waddle. Because <laughs> I'm not listening. You want me to, you want me to cuddle? You, you, I'm sure you're just tired of me talking about Waddle, so I'll let you have yeah, your time. Yeah, I really am tired. Of yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I, I just won't comment on Waddle this time. I'll give you your free pass, but no, nah, like Tyreek saw his most productive season at receiver in his whole career without Mahomes. Um, so I think that's a testament to one McDaniel's and two Tua um, to make this happen. I mean, they're using him exactly the way he's supposed to be. He is an absolute freak on the field and i could expect him to continue to be that way until he decides he's going to retire i mean people worried about his speed falling off or anything like that just go look at deshaun jackson as old as Deshaun jackson is he's still out there flying at the same speed he was when he was 28 26 whatever whatever you want to call it whatever his prime was um i, I love tyree kill and he's the receiver i want to own in this offense in redraft maybe not dynasty i'd probably still lean waddle and dynasty but in redraft i don't think it's particularly close give me give me hill um i speak from a redraft and a dynasty perspective here when i say this Jalen waddle is a beast absolute monster um you're gonna have one of the biggest waddle stands talking to you um so Jalen Waddle, obviously, um, four games without Tua, numbers were negatively impacted. But with Tua, we were talking about <clears throat> about seven looks a game, five catches over 85 yards, and he had more touchdowns than Tyreek Hill last year. Um, so, you know, year one played more towards the line of scrimmage. Year two gets to expand his game, um, obviously, over 18 yards per catch. Uh, obviously, Brian will talk to you about that. That's not a number that comes as like a substantial number that we can hit every year from year in, year out. But I still expect the explosiveness from Ty or from Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill to be there for both of them. Um, can you expect over 15 yards per catch? Probably from both of them. That's what kind of receivers they are. They're two of the fastest receivers in the game. And when it comes to Jalen Waddle, like I said, it all comes down to two of 17 games played. That's what that's what you bank on with Jalen Waddle. Um, 85 yards a game from any receiver is a phenomenal number. It's an astronomically high number. That's a number that you're willing to bank on for 17 games. You're talking about you're talking about Jalen Waddle having over a 14, excuse me, over 1400 yards. Touchdowns are an iffy number. I can't predict touchdowns, but at the same time, it's the best quality of target. I obviously we'd rather have Tua throwing the ball than Skylar Thompson. Jalen Waddle's ADP comes in at wide receiver 11 in redraft, wide receiver seven in dynasty. Buying them both. Always have, 
flag is planted on Jalen Waddle. Mr. Oswald <laughs> Cobblepot. I was a huge I was a huge Waddle guy until his price just kept skyrocketing. And then once the price started skyrocketing, I'm like, okay, I'm at this point I'm I'm back out. But I already have a bet with you. Yeah, I mean, doesn't even matter. I'll stand, I'll stand out, and I will stand on that hill. If if I can't remember what the bet that, was, top ten wide receiver for what? I can't remember what the bet was. 50, 50 beans. Uh, whatever, doesn't even matter. <laughs> but th- they're monsters. They're actually. No, I mean, they're they're they're, they're mon- I mean, I think <laughs> they probably are the best duo. I mean, I don't think either. One of them are better than Chase or Jamar. I mean, excuse me, Jesus Christ, Chase or JJ. But like the two of them, are they? Combined. Is Tyreek? That's tough because like now you're talking about from a whole other different type of receiver. But dude, Tyreek Hill has to be in the top three wide receiver conversation. Like it, it you know what I mean? He is. But where's Devontae Adams? You know what I mean? But this is for a whole other You got Devontae Adams, JJ, Tyreek, and Chase are probably my my end cup. I mean, we're in a pretty wide receiver dominant. But I think I think one two wise, I think these guys have a have a legit case to be one as the wide receiver top duo in, in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, but if you want to argue AJ Brown or if you want to argue Devontae or AJ Brown and Devontae Smith or Chase and T. Higgins, by all means, I don't care. Argue it how you want. But I will tell you this they are the most explosive. Definitely. God damn it. They are the most explosive one, too. Not even a question. They're most explosive by far. And I think they're the best. Me personally, I don't know. I'm not a lover of of Waddle, but Waddle, their two skill standpoints, like, I don't know. I just. The only one that I can that you can argue close to is AJ Brown and Devonta Smith. I don't think T. Higgins is good enough to like get anywhere close to making up the value between Chase and you know what I mean. I don't know. Just give me they're, they're the best duo in the league, especially fantasy standpoint. Um, say what you want about real life, but in fantasy speaking alone, they're the they're the best duo in the league. So you lose Mike Gusecki, so obviously nobody here that like that stands out to me as a perennial buy like Cedric Wilson. Nah. nah. Uh, the running backs, how are you how are you picking the running backs? Honestly, for 2023, I have Raheem Mostert leading the backfield. That's just me. Obviously, injuries are a thing when it comes to Raheem Mostert. Um a lot of people are, are thinking Devon A. Shane's gonna get a gonna get a huge some huge run here. Um I don't mind the pick. I really don't mind the pick. Um, but he's not a guy, and I told you this. He's not a guy that I'm going out to buy in Dynasty at a, you know, what I mean at a, a pro, like I have to have him. He's not one of those guys. Um, right. To be honest, in Dynasty, I'm avoiding this backfield in general, unless the rumors are true and Miami makes a play at at JT. That's it. I'm not coming anywhere near this backfield. I will not drop any of them. I don't want to play the lottery. I don't. I'm good. I think if anything, they run as like a trio of running backs and they were kind of rotated and out. I don't think that anyone's going to be a workhorse. I think there'll be a revolving door and you can't depend on any of them. And I don't like that in fantasy. If I can't point my finger at one guy and say, he's the guy I don't, I'm not touching it. I do have, I do have Raheem Mostert on my Scottfish and my warrior bowl team. So not a bad late value though. I will say yeah, he, were, yeah, he is the guy a guy. Late, late round, just dart throw. Raheem is a, is not a bad one. Yeah, he's the guy I have. I have pegged to lead the twenty twenty this backfield in twenty twenty three, um, but that's about it. So, last team, the most unexciting team would be the New England Patriots. With the ugly duckling, oh. the ugly duckling, the ugly duckling. Well, well, before we say anything, is this like the first season? I think it may be in our lifetimes where we can look at the Patriots and say they're definitely the worst team. I think you could have said it last year. Okay. Well, Jets. Have, That's why Bills, I asked. Jets were pretty bad last year too. They were, but I was just due to the QB play. They had thing. They had things that stood out, like their defense was. I mean, granted, the Patriots' defense is always good, but yeah. yeah. I mean, to tell you that the Patriots haven't been the favorites in the AFC East in how long? I mean, Brady and them won what eighteen AFC East titles together. Something stupid. Yeah. But so, 
Last year, Mac Jones struggled mightily. Mightily. Was also injured as well. Uh, what are your expectations for Mac Jones going to 2023? Mm. I like I to have him on my bench. As a not a bad QB3. Um, don't want him anywhere near if you're in a super flex. And you definitely don't want him as a QB1. I don't have a high expectations. I know we've had conversations recently about him kind of succeeding in preseason, and I see it. I mean, yeah, sure. But it's going to be a different ball game, especially in this division. <sighs> He's got to throw the ball a lot. I mean, you got cornerbacks like Sauce in here you get to face two times a year. Um, I would say Ramsey, but didn't Ramsey just – didn't he just have a season-ending injury? No. He's only out for the first, like, month. Okay. Well, you'll see Jalen Ramsey as well. See what you want. He's got an order washed up. Sure. He's still a great corner. I don't know what to expect out of Mac Jones. I mean, I think this is very much so his, like, prove it year. But, like, what does he really have to produce with? I mean, you got, what? Juju, Juju baby. Juju. Juju. Devontae Parker, baby. Parker? I don't. Taekwon. No, he doesn't have anything to work with, and that sucks. And you don't, have a, you, you don't have a great coach like Brian Dable. I'll be honest help. with you, though. Honesty, all 100% honesty, I'm telling you, at the tight end position, I'm making a dart throw on Mike Yusecki. No question. He's probably the most athletic guy in the skill position unit here. That dude, I mean, 6'6", 250, athlete out of Penn State. Always has been an athlete. Gust. I like Yuseki. I think he's better than Hunter Henry, and it's not a question. You know what's crazy? I would have said before um, that Ramondre would be the only one I want to own, but they just brought Zeke in. Now I don't even want to know if I really want to own Ramondre. So now I'm to the point where, like, do I even want to own anybody in fantasy on this offense, period? I know you're still in on Ramondre. Yeah, why not? But you got to think, like, they didn't break There's 146 in. vacated carries from, from Damian Harris. You say that. And then, like, what? Like, then they even had games last year as a Ramondre Stevenson owner last year where he had games where he kind of, like, disappeared. Um, <laughs> He finished running back seven. <laughs> he still had those games where he fell off, especially back end of the season when you're looking at these championship games. Like, I, I had it happen to me. He was a workhorse in the first 13 weeks. Playoffs come around, and he's <clears throat> farting around in this offense, not doing much of anything. So I will say this. I will say this. He had seven games last year where he was a running back one. Seven. You know, for running back, those numbers, you know, it's a little bit different when it comes to the QBs. Uh, you're talking about a guy. You're talking about a guy who played at an elite level, had almost almost five yards per carry last year. A guy who had almost 70 catches last year. Um, do I expect? Do I expect? You know, some fall off with the Zeke with the Zeke pickup. Honestly, I'm not really worried about Zeke. I've told you that. 146 vacated carries are coming in. You know, for Zeke, we're talking about a 28 year old Zeke who has body has been through the ringer. It's been true. through the ringer. This guy looks slow and old in Dallas, and he showed you that he was slow and old. And yet, he still produced. It's a touchdown thing, but we're not. But we're talking yeah, about Ramondre, who only scored coming. six. We're talking about a Ramondre who only scored six total touchdowns last year. I'm not worried about the touchdowns. For you know, I mean, that's not what I'm saying. Ramondre is still going to have his usage. He's still going to get the ball. He's still the number one fantasy option in this in this offense. That's what right. it is. I agree with that. So. So yeah, you're you're taking Ramondre in ADP when it comes to redraft at probably what running back nine ten. Don't love that. <laughs> I'm just I'm saying before the Zeke pick, where was he going? Right. Nine ten. Yeah, around that area. Yeah. Maybe you get a little bit of a discount. And he goes running back twelve, running back. You know, what I mean, he's still going to be a top. He's still going to finish as a top twelve running back. I mean, that's not. Hard to say, given the state of the running backs and injuries that come in. If he plays a full 17, that top 12 is not out of his range. So what are you worried about? Uh, what, are you, what are you worried about? I don't know. Well, one, like this offense, like 
on paper, if I can look at it right now, Mac Jones probably is going to get much better. Like, what are we expecting points per game out of this team? Like, how many touchdowns were we really scoring a game? Like, and then what's Zeke's, Zeke's workload going to look like in the goal line situations? Like, it's going to be I told Zeke. You, I told these. you, 146 carries is what he's vacated. He's probably going to see less than 146 carries. Zeke is Zeke is washed. It's how many yeah. of those are going to be in the red zone? That was my thing. Like, that's, how many? Of those, that's a great question. That is, you a know what I mean? Like, it, that's where they're going to use them. They're going to use them in these short yard situations. Um, at least that's the way I kind of like see this going. Because Ramon Shea is definitely a talented running back. The touchdowns scare me. That's that's the thing. Like, what are we? I don't know. I don't really project this Patriots offense to be great, especially with two good running backs in the backfield. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I don't really expect this team to score even twenty points a game this year. To be honest with you, no, no. They're a middle pack. They're a middle pack offense last year. It's just going to yeah. come down to volume. Ramondre is literally going to be volume based. That's all it is. Like I said, he played an elite level last year, over almost five yards per carry and almost 70 catches. Like, how many running backs do that? Not many. Not many. Not many. Not many. Not many. That's the touch. It's just the touchdowns for me. That's and he produced and he and his it. touchdowns. He scored six total touchdowns last year. He scored yeah. six. Six. And I guarantee you he's not gonna score many less than six. <laughs> hey, this is true. This so, is true. Maybe I'm just a little bit snake bit. He cost me. He cost me a championship. I mean, I was, I was, I was cruising in one league, and he did not do anything in playoffs. So maybe so I'm projecting a little bit. But yeah, you're definitely projecting. You're definitely, <laughs> little, you're definitely acting. You know, that's just what you're doing. No, um, but I mean, I feel like my concerns are justified outside of me being fucked by Ramondre. <laughs> All right, man. Um, I do want to do a thing. Let's do like our QB power rankings. I have Josh Allen one in fantasy, obviously, when it comes to that. Let's see if this has any type of – I think we're going to have the same order. Yeah, I think – obviously, Mac is number four for me. But who do you have at two and three? Because I have two at two, Rodgers at three. We're talking redraft or dynasty? Because they can flip-flop drastically either way. We're talking both. We're I talking – give me – Tua has a better year than Aaron Rodgers this year. Can't get behind that. I, hey, Tua, Tua, listen, Rodgers is a much more skilled guy. I think sure. for Tua to do better than Rodgers, Tua's going to have to do some rushing. Tua will outscore Aaron Rodgers in fantasy football this year. We're not making a bet on this. I'm just saying, Tua will outscore. I, so we got the same order. We're just flip flopped on Rodgers and Tua. Yeah, I think I don't we think need, it's I, like I think it is close, and I could definitely see the argument both ways for this. I don't think they're they may be split by about this much. Let's uh, we need to get a board for like our takes board for the year because this is on, this is on our yeah this is on our division. I have two, you know, I mean, obviously I have Ramondre finishing as a top twelve running back. You're a little iffy on it, so I would put it on there. But I have two outscoring Aaron Rodgers this year in fantasy football. I mean, like I said. If two is rushing the ball more than I think he does, more than I expect him to, I think it'll easily be Tua. But if two is just in the pocket throwing, um, give me Rodgers. Rodgers got the better pure arm. I think is just a better quarterback. I mean, I have Aaron Rodgers probably top three QBs all time. So <laughs> hands up, Bo doesn't turn the ball over. Who outscores Aaron Rodgers in fantasy football this year? I don't think that's particularly like a hot take in the community. I feel like most people would probably agree with that. And I just, then, I just love Aaron Rodgers, straight up. I hate that <laughs> bastard. <laughs> I love Aaron Rodgers. Um, <laughs> lastly, it comes down to this. Let's pick our division winner. Let's do it. So this might actually be um, an interesting year. I. I'm still taking the Bills. Still taking the Bills. I think it'll be a lot closer this year. This is going to be a very competitive division. The Bills might only win the division by one game, but I still think they're going to pull it out of the water. Like I said, I'm going to take the team. Obviously, the only thing that worries me is the ability to mesh as a unit. Um, it, how much leeway is Robert Sala going to give Aaron Rodgers? I think a lot. Obviously, it's a Hall of Fame a QB. A lot. Um, 
give me the team with the best overall projected run game and the best defense in the division. I'm taking the Jets to win the division. See, I would normally like if you ask me next year. Is Rogers there next year too? Two years. Two years. I mean, but he can retire in a year. He'll be. Um, I think the Jets have a better shot to win the division next year. I think it might take a little bit, like you said already, for this really to like click in. Um. So with but, that being said, uh, give me the Bills. Still, I think they're a powerhouse. I think McDermott's a great head coach. I think. Josh Allen's one of the most elite – well, is it one of the better QBs in the entire league? Um, waiting on the MVP, though. Waiting on the MVP for Josh Allen. Rodgers got four of them bad boys. Rodgers got four of them tings <laughs> comfortably. So, give me – like I said, give me the best defense and give me the best overall projected run game in the division. That's how you win games. That's how you win big games, big-time moments, especially when it comes into, like, November and December. Yep, give me the Jets. Jets. Write it down, baby. You got the Bills, I got the Jets. Put it down on the ground. We need to. What we really need to do is just comment, like make little notes underneath these videos that we post. I think it's probably the best way to do this. It's fine. Don't mean nothing to me. Don't mean nothing to me, baby. Don't mean nothing to me. Um, so that wraps up AFC East coverage. It's always a great time to get in here and do this. I have fun breaking down these divisions. This is the gauntlet. This division is going to be rough. It's going to be, it's going to be tough. It's going to be brutal. It's going to be tough. It's going to be brutal. If you're a, but if you're a Dolphins, Jets, or Bills fan, it's going to be a great year. 2023 is going to be a lot of fun. A lot yeah. of fun. I think I, I think all three of them probably make playoffs. Madden cursed too. Josh Allen cursed. Madden, <laughs> cursed. Madden cursed is gone. It hasn't existed for like the last four years. Um. But on that note, Ryan, man, you know, it's time to get out of here, buddy. That's it, baby boys. Glad to have us on. Um, I'm excited to get in these divisions, man. I hope we get to knock them all out. This is I have a lot of fun on these. Uh, this is more one of our more laid back podcasts. Thank you for joining in, and uh, glad to be back. We'll see you guys next time. Yeah. Um. Again, yards per RPO. Thank you for the platform. Everybody, if you tuned in to, to watch this to watch this divisional breakdown, we appreciate it. Um, next week, we switch to the NFC. NFC East, baby. Another fun one. Another fun one. Um, on that note, guys, we are out.